This is Maya Anderson with Becker's Women's Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Jacqueline Lesniak, Chief Nursing Officer of First Health of the Carolinas in Pinehurst, North Carolina. We will discuss the top healthcare trends Dr. Lesniak is following right now, as well as identifying and confronting sexism in the workplace. Dr. Lesniak, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. And to start us off, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Sure, you did a great job in the introduction. So I'm Jacqueline Lesniak. I am the System Chief Nursing Officer for First Health of the Carolinas, as well as I serve in a dual role as a Vice President of Patient Care Services for our tertiary care hospital here, which is Moore Regional Hospital. I am actually new to the organization. I just joined about four four weeks ago, so uh, continuing to learn and grow in my role here with this organization. It's been an exciting time to change and glad to be here. You know, as far as a little bit of background in my career, I normally actually start kind of at the very beginning, believe it or not, as it's been a, the very beginning of it was formative and who and what I am as a leader. I actually started as one of the first new graduates in a cardiovascular ICU in a downtown Chicago hospital and have had a very heavy focus on cardiovascular clinically throughout uh, a lot of my career. But I point out this experience as a new graduate in the ICU because as you can imagine, particularly 25 plus years ago, I'm not going to give the exact years, uh, <laughs> the nursing culture there really was not warm or welcoming, nor did the organization at that time have any stepping stones for a successful entry into practice. In fact, that experience almost made me literally leave the profession, which is fairly interesting to say now when I look back and think where I've come as a nurse. Um, But once I decided to stay and be very successful, it really took my career track into the leadership and up into being a CNO as I am today because I really wanted to make a difference in the profession, and I really never wanted another nurse to have to have the experience that I did as a new graduate in the culture. So like I said, it was really formative to who and what I am and really has given me a platform for my career and for my positions as a CNO and you know accelerated me through my educational plan as well. So as far as other more concrete background, I've been a chief nursing officer in a variety of settings over the last 15 plus years. So I've been in a for-profit, non-for-profit, um, different specialty settings. I've been in a heart hospital, most recently in a cancer-specific system. And then last, my last position was with a large non-for-profit system that served the Wisconsin-Illinois geography before I came here to First Health. Yeah, fascinating. You sound like you have a very interesting career. And going off of that, first question I really wanted to ask you, do you think that you do differently than others that has made you successful throughout your career? You know, that was a very interesting question for me to ponder because I don't know if I stop and think about that often enough. So I appreciate this time for reflection. As I've been reflecting on that, I think some of the important things are actually some of the basics. Um, Having good support systems, whether it's my family, uh, my friends, or my peers, um, really having that support system and taking advantage of that. I think so many people, particularly when they're early in their career, don't like to reach out to say, hey, I need help. And help is viewed as a bad thing, where really that's helped to make me successful to say, hey, I need help. What's your advice? What direction do you think I should go? Throughout my career, I've also had a very powerful mentor 
And that was my first CNO in one of my first leadership positions. And although right now we're not as in touch as we used to be, she has been a sounding board for me throughout my career. And I think that's very important to have a mentor and someone you can reach out to and trust to help you design what your career plan is as you move forward. Also, along there, being able to maintain some work-life balance. I think particularly early on in your careers, we think we have to be all in, which we do need to be, um, but particularly as women who are trying to balance work and home and families and children, um, we need to give ourselves a permission to get away. And I've learned over the years that I do. I put away my phone. I'm fully present with my family when I can be. I take vacations and try to keep those priorities in my life. And that allows me to be present at work and to be fully focused when I come back to my job in order to be successful. Yeah, interesting. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Find a good mentor that you know you can bounce your questions off of and make sure to have a work-life balance. I think those are all really important things that maybe not everyone feels comfortable doing, but seems very important to to maintain a long and successful career. Next question, what are the top three trends you're following in healthcare right now? There are so many trends in healthcare today. Um, I think one of the things that I'm very interested and intrigued with and following here, particularly for First Health, is all the staffing models and the various things that we did and we learned through the pandemic. The pandemic taught us so many things from the fact that we can change a whole organization on a dime when there's a powerful call for change like the pandemic presented. So how can we take those lessons that we learned through that and apply it to what we're doing now? We all employed employed different staffing models because the pandemic forced us to. The volume was there, there was other staff um, available. So for example, on team-based nursing. Well, team-based nursing hasn't really been applied too much across acute care um, for years. So how can we take team-based model and what we learned through the pandemic and apply it now in this hopefully post-pandemic phase. So that would be one thing. Also, particularly um, poignant for the tertiary care centers is how do we use artificial intelligence and the different AI tools to help our throughput and to help uh, decompress the volumes in our EDs. And then I think the last thing is how do we reach out for recruitment for I'm going to call it the younger generation of nurses, but how do we really modernize our recruitment strategies and what can I learn from other organizations that have done that successfully and be able to apply here? So I think um, the pandemic also made people reconsider their career choices. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are leaving acute care and that's really hitting us hard to be able to staff um, our acute care facilities. So um, what are some best practices and trends out there in recruitment that can be applied as well as retention? to keep people in the acute care setting post this pandemic. I think those are the top three trends that I've really been following. Yeah, interesting. Thank you so much. And I'm kind of moving more to a a woman-specific topic. I wanted to ask you, you know, women in healthcare and women in every industry can face sexism on a daily basis, and it's not always easy to identify and confront sexist behavior, especially when it comes to you in your workplace. And so I'm wondering, what are some ways that women in healthcare leadership positions can work to foster an environment in which their employees can both understand how to identify sexism in the workplace, as well as feel comfortable talking about it with their, with their superiors? 
You know, that is a great question and actually something that I'm very passionate about as a woman and as a woman leader, as I have a 23-year-old daughter that I want to help, you know, to just enter the workplace in the most positive way. So I try to pay a lot of attention to that as a female leader. I think a lot of what we can do is be the right role model with it. And some of that is calling out when you see it and helping people to identify it, as you mentioned. So sometimes it's just in the little things. And in nursing, we almost do it to ourselves in that we say when we're referring to our staff, the girls. But if you're referring to a cohort of male physicians, no one calls them the boys. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a simple thing, but it really sets the tone of the culture. I was actually in a meeting a little while ago and uh, someone that was speaking talked about the girls in the organization and the men in the organization. Okay, not an intentional, but definitely a sign of um, some sexism going on. So calling that out and bringing bringing it to people's attention, you know, their unconscious bias, you know, it's, it's also with females, not just with the rest of the diversity work that we're doing. Down to being able to be proud of using your professional credentials. I think women are hesitant to... Um, call out their achievements. So whether it's the fact that I just got my doctorate in nursing practice and you addressed me as Dr. Lesniak, which I greatly appreciate, so thank you. Um, But women are a lot more hesitant to do that. There's a lot of women with their doctorate um, in healthcare, but very few of them will put themselves out there to use that as a credential. Also, just when uh, you're introducing, it's interesting to me that if you're being introduced in a group, um, even if it's a, a you know a male and female physician, when they're introduced, men will frequently remain being called Dr. X, while the women will go right to their first name. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts with those little things, and then by drawing attention to that, you can eventually get to the bigger issues of what's going on with that in the workplace. Yeah, that's interesting. I wouldn't, you know, it's incredible how impactful those small just changes in language can be, you know, referring to to professionals as women rather than girls and referring to them as their proper titles seem like such obvious things to do. But, you know, when it comes, it's not always as obvious as one might think. So I, I appreciate that. that answer yeah, I really would um, take that another step further is that maybe it's not gender specific at all. But if you're talking about the clinicians just call them clinicians or they're the professional mm-hmm. nurses, you know, instead of having to go to women or men at all. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Dr. Lesniak, thank you so much for this fascinating discussion. Um, it was very helpful and I appreciate all of your answers and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I appreciate it.